Be honest. What's the first thing you do in the morning when you have a busy day ahead? Get working, keep snoozing, or spend time with Jesus? Truth be told, it's often the first two. As believers, we are called to steward our time by first recognizing it's a gift from Him to build His kingdom, so that should include time with Him. But how often do we wear busy like a badge of honor and jump into the busyness just checking off boxes and building our own kingdom? I know, you've got a lot on your plate. You may think you don't have time to care for your soul and faith walk, but my guest and I are here to tell you this life-shaping morning routine is the way to master your morning with the master, him. Gail Root is a kingdom business coach, author, podcaster, course, and program creator. She works with women of faith who are called to lead in direct sales and network marketing by helping servant leaders create and grow a business and team that honors God and attracts others who want to do the same. Everything she teaches is dedicated to awakening women to biblical truth in their life and business so they can see their work as a ministry and rise up to create a purpose-driven life that they love and help other women do the same. Gail inspires women to work smarter, not harder, with boundaries that allow them to fully enjoy their life, family, business, and faith walk. What you'll hear today is that when you make space for time with him first, you'll be filled with his peace and wisdom for all that your day holds. And that, my friend, is a life-shaping morning routine. So get ready to take notes because we're going to talk about the six steps yours needs to include. Hey, busy girl, welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa. Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then, God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what he's called you to, Make the best use of your time and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Well, I'm so excited to welcome Gail to the Redeemer Time podcast. Gail and I have a lot of things in common, and we've gotten to spend some time just getting to know each other on a deeper level, but my audience is just meeting you for the first time today, Gail. So welcome, uh, and start off by telling us about who and what is filling your time in this season of your life. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, Redeeming um, your time is a a passion of mine, as you know, and um, so... Did you say tell a little bit about myself? Yeah, just, you know, I always like to kind of get a feeling for what are you juggling these days, right? Like what's on your plate? Who and what is filling your time? 
All right, good. Great question. I love that. Who and what is filling your time? Well, I am just to give a little background. Um, my husband and I have been married for 29 years and we own a brick and mortar business um, very close to where we live. It's a wedding venue and tavern. So who is getting a lot of my time these days? Brides. Ah. <laughs> um, I'm working with a lot of brides right now at the moment and juggling, trying to keep their weddings straight and not inter- interweaving them. Yes. Um, and then we have three three boys. I should call them young men, um, but they'll always probably be our three boys. Um, one is 25. He's up in the Poconos. Um, he's a civil engineer. And then the second one, he graduated. Um, they both graduated from Penn State. And then the baby is just finished, just starting his senior year at Penn State. So we're sort of empty nesters. Um, and we're in the process of uh, juggling um just that transition and what that's going to look like to the next stage of our life, the next adventure that God's taking us on. And um, it's a busy season right now, kind of preparing for the next season, if you will, we're in transition. Yes. I love that. And I love that there are seasons, right? Like our kids don't stay young forever. (laughs) Um, You know, they, they do grow up. I, I love that just as we grow, there are new seasons and then there are new things that God leads us to pour our time and attention into. So I love that. And I love how you're helping those brides uh, because it makes, oh my goodness, such a difference to have someone who's coordinating all those things on the back end. Um, But I know you also have a passion for helping Christian women specifically around things that relate to their time uh, and how they're using it, especially in the way they start their day. So maybe kind of give us the backstory uh, on that as to how you developed a passion for what you're doing to help women in that way. Absolutely. So that's so interesting that I didn't even, you know, at this stage of my life, my clients might be a little offended that they didn't come up in the, uh, (laughs) who I'm giving my time to right now. Forgive me. Um, But I do, I have a passion. God, I grew up in the direct sales industry and I grew up watching my father be a champion of women. My father had five daughters. I'm the fourth of five girls. Wow. A lot of women. I know. And I, I did do that. I know I I went to college and I did the corporate route, but there was always a longing for that independence that I saw my father championing women for. These were women who were, who were at home moms and they were growing businesses. And I just was fascinated by that, that you could kind of in my world have it all. I wanted to be that at home mom with our children. And I wanted to have something where I was contributing and growing and had a passionate community. So fast forward three decades truly in the industry from college on God called me to retire so that I could coach and work with his daughters in the industry to help them build their businesses on kingdom values. And it, it, it so often it's such a passion of mine that I almost don't quantify it as work. It's so interesting when you said, you know, what's taking up most of your time, even though my coaching does take a big part of my time because it doesn't feel like work. Um, it doesn't even get brought up, you know, a lot. Um, but God called me to um, really break a lot of bondage around being busy in my own life. Mm-hmm. And um, in that journey of being convicted, um, really at a deep, deep level about how I was using um, really busyness to try to prove that I was worthy. Yeah. And um, it really came from that orphan mindset, you know, abandonment issues and and trying to like I, I needed to try to prove that I was worthy and perfectionism, um, 
you know, chasing after um, goals and, and, and dreams so that I could see that I was okay. And um, he's really had to do a big work in me to break that off. And it's, um, it's, I won't say that it's, it's not bondage anymore, um, but it doesn't mean that the enemy that doesn't try to poke it, poke at it. Uh, every right. once in a while. Yes. I mean, it, it just, you hit on so many important things there, busyness to prove our worthiness, right? Mm. And so often we get trapped in that and feeling like we have to do more um, in order to earn, you know, what that is. And, you know, even as you think of talk about the enemy, I refer often to the screw tape letters. And one of the things that uh, the senior demon is teaching his little pro- young protege to do um, with his, with the person he's been assigned to is to keep them distracted and busy. Right. Because the enemy knows when we are distracted, when we are busy, when we're going in circles, chasing squirrels all day long, uh, we're not effective to build his kingdom. Right. We're just trying to manage our own and keep it from crashing down around us. And so that is it is an ongoing struggle. And I love that you've been able to kind of break some of those chains and 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 yet, uh, you know, kind of keep yourself in that place where you're always, always checking in. So I know that especially for women. Um, whether we've got kids at home or not, um, I think oftentimes it's it's tempting or easy for us to just say, well, I'm too busy to take care of me. I'm too busy to, you know, fill in the blank with, you know, whatever those things and whether it's to spend time with the Lord or whether it's to do something for our wellness or even, you know, to to grow a passion or a gifting that he's given us. You know, so let's dive into that a little bit, uh, kind of maybe the effect that some of this busyness has on us and why we as women tend to struggle with making time for it uh, and just let busyness kind of creep in there. Yeah, it's such a powerful, um, it's such a powerful question, Lisa, because it's, you know, when I was a young mom, um, to me, self-care equated to selfishness. Because if I was going to take care of myself, whatever that might be, right, it might be going on a retreat, uh, spending some time away um, to rest and rejuvenate. It might be um, even a spiritual retreat, right? It might be going for a massage, going for a pedicure, um, going to an art class. All of those things were going to, quote unquote, take me away from my family. And so I felt that they were selfish. And um, I was able to... um, have some, some mentors in my life who really pointed out the ripple effect of that attitude of that internal belief, because it's really a lie. I mean, God, he's given us our bodies to steward and, and that means our emotions and our, our spiritual health and our physical health and our emotional health are really ours to steward mine, not my husband's, not anybody outside of me, but mine. And when we fall into that trap of thinking that something outside of us is going to make us feel okay, um, we basically are saying I'm a victim to those things outside of me. And that is such a, um, a win for the enemy, because if he can keep us in that trap, um, we will always be on that, you know, I like, I have a friend who uh, you can't see me right now, but I want you to imagine me taking the back of my hand and putting it up to my forehead in this very dramatic way. And like, Oh, poor me, poor me. I can't, I can't go for massage. I can't go get a pedicure. I can't go to an art class. You know, I just, I just can't take the time away from my boys or my family. And I have a girlfriend that says, Gail, get down from the cross. We need the wood. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And just this idea that, you know, quit martyring yourself, Gail. God wants you to take care of yourself so that you can be the best mom. You can be the best wife that you can be. And if you're not physically and emotionally and spiritually taking care of yourself, those relationships will suffer. And that's truly what's selfish, right? If I could have taken care of myself and then been able to give you what you need, then that that would be that would be the generosity, right? And so I, I find that really it's just that that opposite. And, you know, you're right. We, we often wear busy like a badge of honor. Like, look at me, I'm busy. And it makes us feel valuable and it makes us feel validated. Um, and yet it keeps us exhausted, overwhelmed, uh, only half present because nobody really is getting all of us when we're not filled up first. And then when we are, you know, in that moment with that person or with whatever that task is, we're only half there um, because our mind, our mind is maybe someplace else as to what else is coming next or what else we could, should, you know, would be doing. Uh, and so we're not fully, fully there. So one of the things I love is you and I have talked is about um, how we start our day, right? So let's dive a little bit specifically into a typical morning for a busy Christian woman, um, you know, and what, what are the ways that we kind of let busyness even creep into that? And how does that then have that ripple effect you talked about in our day? Yeah, you know, I literally was, um, it's about six years ago now. Um, I was, I had a crisis. You know, I think, um, the Lord uses those things. I had a, um, three things kind of converging all at once. And I was in that, I was completely addicted to busy, didn't know it, thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I loved the Lord. I went to church. I went to Bible study. I was checking all the boxes, you know, check, check, check. Am I being a good wife? Check, wife, check, you know, Christian, check. And, um, but all the focus was on me not on Jesus. And the Lord really convicted me and brought these three converging things that were happening in my life really to bring me to my knees, to make me feel like I just couldn't keep moving forward the way I was. And I cried out a big, big cry out. And um, the Lord said, Gail, gosh, this was six years ago and I'm still going to cry. And the Lord said, Gail, you, um, I said, How, what do I do? And the Lord said, I've already told you what to do and you're not doing it. And you're living a life of self-induced anxiety. And I'd never really heard that phrase before, self-induced anxiety. What does that even mean? I thought any anxious feelings I was having were because of things outside of me. I did. And the Lord showed me that, no, it's your perception of what's happening and where your focus is. And right when he said, um, when the Holy Spirit said to me, I've told you what to do and you're not doing it. I knew right away that that was seek me first. I mean, Matthew 633 might as well have just like blasted in front of my, my eyes because I knew with all my heart, that's what he was telling me, make me first. And that became, um, I want to say a quest really for me. How do I make him first? And, and I took it very literally, like when my eyes open in the morning, when my feet hit the floor, will I make him first? Because I was, you know, going to my phone, going to my calendar, throwing in a quick devotional, sending up a quick prayer, but 
I was not seeking him first. I wasn't making space or time to hear his voice. And yet I was wondering why I didn't have more sense of peace, more more guidance, more ability to focus. Why was I feeling so overwhelmed and cluttered? It's because I was not doing the one thing, which was seek him first every morning. And from that, the six-step morning practice evolved. And um, I started doing it absolutely faithfully and it completely changed my life. Wow. I love number one, that's how he used that situation to really get your attention. Um, and then how it came down to the one thing, right. And, you know, there's just, there's so many, you know, things that we run around doing that are good things, but they're not always the best thing. And I often think of, you know, Mary and Martha and that story. And, you know, Martha was running around doing a lot of good things. I mean, let's be honest. She had some very important guests in her home and she didn't have Instacart, Instapot or Instagram to (laughs) the meal plan, right? It's like she, it's probably not a whole lot of notice. And so there was a lot to do. And yet, you know, her sister chose what was best. And, and I love that Jesus didn't condemn Martha for what she was doing, but he just was gentle with her and drew her into that just being with him. So I want you to take us through your six steps, if you don't mind. Um, you know, because I know that my listeners, this is something that we, we truly want to do. We talk about Matthew six, uh, we talk about seeking first his kingdom. And yet it's sometimes we can sit, have this great intention, right. But then not have some kind of a system or routine to actually follow through on that. So walk us through your six steps so that we can start getting a taste of that. Absolutely. I first just want to tell you that, um, you know, after doing them for a while, the Lord challenged me to share them with Christian women and to tell you the amount of fear that came up at that time. It's kind of laughable now to to see how much I've grown in my willingness to step into what he's calling me to do. But at the time, I was still filled with a lot of self and a lot of fear of what people would think. Um, but I finally said yes, and I did it. And it was just an incredible blessing. And then since then, then he called me a couple years after that to put it in a book. And I was, again, that wave of fear came and it was like, uh, no. <laughs> um, and so um, what I first want to tell you about the six steps is that to me, it's a recipe. And it's kind of like, if you want to take out the baking soda, your cookies aren't going to turn out very, very well. And so what I always tell people when you start practicing the six steps, just make a commitment um, because you don't know what you don't know yet. Um, I have sometimes when you hear these steps, some of you are going to hear one of them to be like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that one. Right. And I just want to challenge you for some of my clients that ends up being the step that ends up being the most intimate time with Jesus. And had they left, had they, had they, they would have taken it out. Um, But I said, please don't take any of them out. Just wait and see. Practice for six months. It's only six months of your life. Wait expectantly for what God's going to do. So the first step um, is surrender. Mm. And that is um, not even prayer, not even not worship, not praise, not devotionals, not scripture. Why? Because what we're doing is even in that we are the ones leading the agenda. I'm the one going to the scripture. I'm the one going to the devotional. It's it's like, it's like, Lord, I lay down absolutely everything at your feet and I yield. I want to hear your voice 
you say your sheep know your voice and I will declare right now, I am hearing your voice. I am making space for the most important thing I can do all day. And that is space for you to speak to me. And so that's the first step. I encourage everybody to practice 10 minutes a step. There are six steps, so it's an hour. I'll have some people who say, Gail, I just absolutely can't. And I'll challenge them sometimes on that um, because I literally will hear God say, are you making me first? Are you going to make me first this morning? Or are you going to go to your email or your text? Um, The second step is scripture. So going to his word, but, but at that point, then I have such a deeper level of trust that he is the one taking me to the right place in his word, because I've made space for him already to speak. And then the third step is vision, but it's not vision, like a vision board. It's saying, God, what is your, show me what your best version of me is in this particular area. Usually by then there's something um, gnawing at me. It might be my finances. It might be my health. It might be my marriage. It might be something. And I'll say, okay, Lord, you know, I'm struggling with this. So show me the best version of me in this area. And what it does is it gets my eyes off of my circumstances and trying to fix things, which is God's job, not Gail's job. Mm -hmm. And I get my eyes on what, like he shows me, like, let's say it's my marriage. He'll show me being loving and affirming to my husband in a way that is so incredibly, um, um, affirming to my husband, like life giving to my husband and not natural to me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like my husband's love language is words of affirmation. And that is not natural to me. I have to be such a servant and have a servant's heart to do that because it does not come naturally to me. And so when I ask the Lord, he'll show me praising my husband or or giving him not not um, fake words, but truly loving, affirming words of thanks and praise for how he serves our family and takes care of us. So that's an example of step three. Step four is reading. And this is saying, you know what, God, you call me to learn. You call me to be humble and say, there are things I do not know. So what is an area of my life? Is it my health? Is it my finances? Um, Where is an area of my life that I can read um, and learn something new? Um, And then, then step five is to journal. Because in journaling, what I'm saying is, Lord, I want to go deeper with you. I want to stop this superficial relationship with you. I want to go deeper. I want to cry out to you in, in this, in journaling and say, why is my heart breaking in this area? Why have I have so much fear in this area? Why? Sometimes it's just praise. I'll just journal nothing but praise and I'll start crying praise. I'll go back two generations of praising over the Lord's uh, favor. in in a certain area of our family or something like that. Um, And then in the last step, it's my calendar. And why it's the last step is because it's usually what my little grimy controlling fingers want to get my hands on first. (laughs) And so the last one is, okay, Lord, I am now prepared to enter into this day. And I want to focus, I want to only focus on what you want me to focus on today. What are the three things, Lord, that are most important to you that I work on today? Mm -hmm. And they're usually not, they're not easy. 
they're usually the things that make me uncomfortable and that are pretty hard. They are not the easy little check marks that Gail's used to like being very comfortable, checking off 20 things. And quite honestly, none of those 20 things are actually going to bear the fruit and eternal life things that the Lord actually wants me to focus on. So he challenges me big time in that, in that last step. Um, And that is a very fast run through of the six steps of mastering Um, your morning. Okay. So I'm going to review for people who are either taking notes or my multitaskers out there who are listening while they're doing something else. Okay. So step one was surrender. Step two is scripture. Step three is vision. Step four is reading. Step five is journal. And step six is calendar. And what I love about those steps, I love the fact, even as a time management coach, I love the fact that the calendar is the last one because you're right. It's so easy for us just to jump right into our day and the things that we have planned to do. And so by taking the time to do these other five steps first, we are creating that rightly ordered heart, which then will guide where our time gets focused and how we're pouring out. And we talk a lot. Uh, around Redeemer time about we have to fill up before we can pour out. And this is such a beautiful process and a routine to help us fill up with the things that really matter and going to his truth first. I love, you know, scripture is before reading something, you know, something else, because we are always wanting to go to him first before that. And, you know, and when we talk about the vision of our, you know, what is God's, what's our with God life vision for those different areas and really let him speak into that. And then being humble to grow in that is such a beautiful, beautiful process. Um, one question I have for you, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, the, our listeners today, and I'm thinking there's probably somebody who is like, okay, Gail, 10 minutes times six, that's 60 minutes. That's an hour. Um, either they are in a season of life where they've got littles that just can't wait an hour um, or they just, you know, don't really know if they could jump into a whole hour all at once. What do you say to that person? Like, do you, do you say, do all six steps and just, you know, spend two, two to five minutes in each one to get started and build up to an hour? Or is it no, you know, just start with one step and do it for a full 10 minutes and then layer on the other steps until you get up, you know, to that, that deeper time. What, what, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's maybe in the place they're feeling like, I don't know if I can do this um, for whatever reason. Yeah. So the, I guess the, the first thing is, well, all of us feel that way, right? Um, when we get started with anything, it's like, you know, giving an hour, are you kidding me right now? Um, so really what you've got to ask yourself is how important is the outcome? Hmm. Do you truly believe because these six steps, so the book is Master Your Morning and Change Everything. And the subtitle is Six Step Practice to Life Transforming Intimacy with Jesus. Mm. And so the truth is everything that I am longing for in my life is on the other side of that. True. And so anything that I'm going to try to put before that or tell myself I don't have time for, I'm, I, what I'm really doing is saying the, yes, I'm saying with my words that God is the priority in my life. But what I'm actually saying with my actions is I don't really believe that I have enough time for him. Mm-hmm. And I find that he, he bends time. Now, um, I do, you know, in the book, it'll say do it. The ideal is a 60, 
minute practice. Um, five minutes a step would be a 30 minute practice. And then I tell people when you've got like, you know, emergency, emergency, or something major is happening in your life, at least do a six minute practice. Every single one of us can, can do a six minute practice. And part of it is developing the, the discipline of, of obedience, because um, there is so much, the fruit of obedience is joy. And then we wonder why we don't have any joy, right? Because we're, 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 in this, we've fallen into this cultural nonsense that we've got to keep doing, doing, doing. And um, so in the one hour, it's really asking yourself, um, for me, now, there is nothing more important I do than that, than that first hour, nothing. Um, And, you know, if you've got, you know, someone will say, well, Gail, I've got to start work at seven, well, then get up an hour earlier, you know, and it's all about Am I really committed to doing this? Do I really believe that the fruit of hearing God's voice, the peace it's going to give me, the clarity it's going to give me, um, the, the, the perspective it's going to give me, hearing his voice into stepping into the fullness of the life that he wants me to live and help me to break the bondages off of things. If that's really what I want, then I will sacrifice that hour every morning at first, maybe begrudgingly, but it will become joyfully. Yeah. I often say that that discipline is a duty sometimes at first, and then it becomes the delight such that we couldn't imagine life without that. And so I love that you, you went back to the heart. It's really not a time issue. It's really not that you don't have time. It's really a heart issue. And do we truly value the relationship And not that we do it for the outcome, but do we really see that this will have the greatest impact more than any other little trivial thing that we think we need to do in our day? And I always say, you know, you can tell where someone's true priorities are by looking in one of two places, either your bank account or your calendar, Um, you know, because we invest our money and our time in what matters. And so, you know, and we all know because we have this thing on our, on our phones now that tells us how much screen time we have, we've been on and how much, you know, we've been using different apps and things like that. Like we give a lot of time away to less important things. It may be a few minutes here, a few minutes there, it may be bigger chunks, but I think you're right. We all could find an hour if we truly believed in you know, the importance and the value, you know, of this. And so I love your challenge. And I, that's why I wanted you to kind of push back a little bit on that question um, because it really isn't a matter of, I don't have time, no matter what season we're in, it's really a matter of, do I truly value this? And am I letting my actions then be in alignment with what I say, you know, I believe and what I say is going to make the biggest difference. Exactly. And I, I'm so touched that you, that you, your reflections and the, the, the deeper things that you're seeing. And, and one in particular, when you say, you know, it's, it's really a matter of the heart because, you know, my experience has been all of my trust issues when a lot of, cause that's the most popular question I get Gail, really an hour. The second right. most popular question I get is around, um, I, I'm, I don't trust that I'm hearing his voice. How do I know that I'm hearing his voice? And so what I've found is, as I've made the commitment to sit at his feet every morning, that is the only place. And please hear me. Oh, please hear this. That is the only place that I have ever come to know that his love for me, the depth of his love for me. And as I sit at his feet and get to know the depth of his love for me, because I'm surrendered to his presence, mm. 
I'm not like trying to just genie in a bottle asking him for prayers or praying for things or even praising and leading the way. I'm surrendering all of me and saying, you first, Scott, I want to hear from you. And as I do that, my trust grows, that he is speaking to me, that he is guiding my life, that he does have plans to prosper me and not to harm me and give me a hope in the future and a new courage emerges in me a new sense of fulfillment and purpose and excitement about this life it's like an awakening and the irony is i the closer i get to him the more i'm aware of my imperfections Mm. it's not like the closer i get to him the more perfect i get sometimes it feels like (laughs) the opposite yeah outside looking in you might think well gail you've you know you've written this book and you've got this podcast and you're you're serving women you're doing these things but but it's all because of what the lord is doing through me and, and the yielding. Yeah. And so literally that, you know, there's nothing more important that I do um, every day. Than I love that. Yeah. It's, it, I just right now have the picture of the loaves and the fishes, right. And that boy who only had so little, right. He didn't have much. And yet, instead of trying to control that and keep it to himself and hold on to it or figure out how to make that bread and that, um, that fish last longer because, you know, he was going to need it. And so is his family. He just surrendered. And that's why I love your first step. And I'm convicted about that first step because, you know, I, I have this practice of, of the morning time of every other part, but I'm not spending 10 minutes just surrendered before I start doing it, even in that. And so I'm convicted there about, am I putting my loaves and fishes in his hand? Am I putting this time that already I feel like there's not enough of it and I'm always behind and, you know, there's, um, there's more, you know, there's more, there's not enough of me to go around to, to get it all in and, do I trust him enough? And do I know him enough to know that when I put that in his hands, when I put my time in his hands, that hour, or even if it starts as, you know, six minutes or 30 minutes that, that he can and will multiply it. That's, that's just such a beautiful picture. I love that. Yes. Well, we could talk on and on about this and, you know, because this is something I think that we, we have this decision to make every single day, right. Of our lives. And so, I love the fact that you are, you've shared this um, this process with us. You've mentioned your books. So tell us a little bit about like what things you have to offer that would be supporting us in this. And then I'm inviting you into our community where I really feel like we can take this conversation off the podcast and and really start fleshing it out in our lives. And so I want to make sure our listeners know that you're going to be in there and that will be a great place for them to come and ask some questions as well. But what are maybe some other things they can be looking for? Tell us the name of your book again and where we can find that and uh, where where to connect with you. Absolutely. So um, the book is on Amazon and it's called Master Your Morning and Change Everything. Um, Six-Step Practice to Life Transforming Intimacy with Jesus by Gail Root. Um, there's a few wonderful free resources that I have for you. The first one is there is a Facebook group called Master Your Morning. And um, there is a one of our members in that group has taken on God Lover um, every morning, 7 a.m. Eastern. For an hour, you can get on Zoom and she she opens everybody in prayer and then literally just times it for 10 minutes. So basically, you're doing the six-step practice in fellowship. Wow, um, what accountability most, too. Exactly. That's what it's all about. And most people don't have their cameras on. They're drinking their coffee, um, but you can see that they're there. And um, and Sarah walks you through. So that's Monday through Friday. So that's a beautiful offering for you. I have an, um, an app that's free. It's called Kingdom Dream Chasers. There's a paid member area to it, but the free area, you can, there's um, 
training on each of the steps of Master Your Morning. So that's available to you. There's a masterclass in there on Master Your Morning as well. And um, so those are probably the best resources to get started there. Fantastic. Well, thank you. I love being able to get resources from other women who are really being intentional in areas that we want to grow in. And I know that our listeners are going to look forward to that. And I encourage you listening, think about, you know, someone else who we, well, we all would benefit from mastering our morning, right? But think specifically right now about a, a family member, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, you know, someone that, you know, maybe lives near in your community that you see, and you're going to see later today, or maybe someone that is far away and share this episode with them. Um, It'll be encouragement to them. I think it's going to challenge them and hopefully it's going to move them to action. Well, thanks so much, Gail, for sharing your wisdom with us today. I I know I have been blessed. And like I said, I was also just really you know convicted about that surrender piece. And so I will be really intentional about adding that into my morning. Um, and I know women will be blessed by this as well and start seeing the fruit of really, truly giving him this first time. So in closing, um, I'd love to ask my guests this one question just to get into your heart and calendar. So outside of your morning time, I'm not going to let you answer that as your answer because you know, we know that that's a given what, what's one thing that you would love to make more time for in this season in your life? Mm, I love that. So the, um, the Lord has challenged me to always, you know, making space for him throughout the day. That's one of my favorite um, worship songs right now is that making room mm. and the idea that um, for me daily, um, because truly any change that I have ever experienced in my life happens because of a change I make in my in my day, in the habits of my life, um, not just some one thing that I did, right? And so for me, um, throughout the day, just to continue to, whether it's go out on the deck and sit for 15 minutes, go, you know, make a hot cup of tea, go take a bath sometimes in the middle of the day if I need to. Just those things that are are me laying down that feeling of I must perform, I must check off, I must keep moving and doing. And um, removing myself from that and saying, no, Lord, making space for you to speak to me during this day is what's most important. Mm. And so I will make those space. So that's um, really in, in any season, especially busy trans transitioning seasons, like there's nothing more important I do than just not just connect with them in the morning, but right. keep, you know, keep making that in those intentional times to make space for him throughout the day. Yes. We talk about our morning and evening refills around here and how important they are. And I had a client who termed it this way during the day, she calls it a refill station. Um, And I think, you know, that's such a beautiful picture of, you know, we can fill up in the morning, we can have a time to refill in the evening, but we're pouring out a lot throughout our day. And so we need to make sure we have those little times that we can continue to, to fill up with him in order to be able to pour out. So Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Gail. I'm excited about what ripple effect this is going to have in our hearts and in our calendars and uh, the conversation that comes from this. So we will see you guys inside the community. Thank you so much for having me. I know what you may be thinking, which is why I asked that question for you. Because 60 minutes is a lot of time when you feel like you already don't have enough. But are you willing to test his promise? to fill you abundantly when you come to him first? And may I just say, lovingly of course, it's really not a time issue. It's a value issue. Because you can always make time for what truly matters. So really, it's about developing the discipline of this routine in your morning 
and that refill time will turn into delight in your life. Your actions, along with your calendar and bank account, show what's a true priority in your life and what isn't. So what do your actions show matters most to you? Try this morning routine with us. We guarantee the outcome will be life-shaping. Gail and I are both testimonies to that. And like I often say, never DIY your greatest priorities. So be sure to not do it on your own, but do it with the support of a like-minded community. Did you know, not only am I inviting Gail, but you to come join us inside the Redeem Her Time community to talk more and ask questions about this kind of morning routine? I know that it all works together to make a complete morning routine with him, but I'm curious, and here is today's community question. Which of the six steps will be more life-shaping for you? I'm sharing how I've made some tweaks after today's conversation inside the community too. So come join us at redeemhertime.com forward slash community, and be sure to grab Gail's book on Amazon, Master Your Morning and Change Everything, Six Steps to Life Transforming Intimacy with Jesus. And I'll also drop her link in case you are also in direct sales or network marketing. But before we go, because this is not just about us, can I pray to invite him into this new morning routine? Okay. Dear Lord, we want to be with you. We don't want to be so busy building our kingdoms that we forget that you are the one who has given us the time we have, the resources we have, the passion we have, and that we are doing all of this to build your kingdom. And so God, I pray when we're tempted to just jump into our day and start checking boxes or hit snooze and roll over and pull the covers back up, that instead you would prompt us to get up and to spend time with you first, to do all six of these steps, no matter how little time we think we have, and to trust you that you will fill us abundantly and that you will make the time we have enough for what you've called us to. Thank you that you're faithful to your promises. Thank you for amazing women that we can learn and grow with. And we leave all these things in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friend, we'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.